0: Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Samir, with my great co host, J Mac, today to go over. All of uh, our breakout players for the 2023 season, who we think on the Denver Broncos is primed to have a huge season for the Broncos and finally have the breakout season that we've been looking for um, on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. Me and J-Mac will each have two different players to go over today. But with that being said, J-Mac, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. A little bit of an early morning, but can't complain. I'm I'm ready to jump right into it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is a great time to uh, see the Nuggets about to win the NBA file- Finals, isn't it? <laughs> Absolute dominant fashion. I am just—I'm ready for it to be done, man. Nuggets in five or six. I've been saying it for weeks. But
1: I'm happy for the Nuggets, man. But I—I I, I, I just wanted Jimmy to get the ring, man. Honestly, like, but like, I, I'm happy for Jokic and Jamal, man, because I've been rooting for those guys since the bubble. But it just sucks that they got to play Jimmy. Any other team, I would have been rooting for him, man. But it's tough.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, I get I get it. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into uh, everything. Obviously, we're coming off fresh off the Frank Clark news, Dalvin Cook. Obviously, the, there's so many different reports circulating around him right now in terms of his uh, potential possibility of going to uh, the Denver Broncos. We're hearing that, according to Schefter and Pelissero that the Broncos are a team to watch with him. And then at the same time, we have Mike Kliss saying, saying that as it appears right now, the Broncos are not in on Dalvin Cook. Right before we jump into our breakout players and everything, how do you feel about – the updated news of uh, Dalvin Cook right now. Obviously, his release is, release is official. He is now officially a free agent for the first time in a long time. Actually, he's never been a free agent technically. Um, so what do you think about uh, Dalvin Cook right now and um, his potential possibility coming to the Broncos?
1: Um, I mean – it's, it's really crazy when you think about it that he, he's cut, but I think a lot of teams are doing it with their running backs. You kind of seen Darren do with Philip Lindsay too. They kind of cut him right before they start that slippery slope, you know, kind of thing. You know, they just like to get off the bait early instead of having to pay him for the next two years. Um, but I was so surprised by it. I feel like Minnesota can still compete and can, you know, make a deep playoff run if they can just, you know, figure some things out. But I was surprised they cut Dalvin. Um, but over the last, you know, couple of days i want to say since we did you know the episode talking about is it, looking less and less likely he might be a bronco um it's looking like that he really wants to go to miami or is gonna try to force his way into buffalo but i think i don't know man i think miami might be a team i i, I don't want to rule out the broncos just yet yeah. i think because ian Rappaport and all all these guys keep saying the Broncos, the Broncos, the Broncos, and they're saying it for a reason. I know Mike Cliss reported, you know, that he doesn't – you know, the Broncos are not monitoring him right now and everything like that, but you never know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I would still love him to come to Denver. My opinion has not changed. Um, I still think he can. I just think it, it might be less and less likely, but you never know. I mean, the Broncos are shunning the media. They could be feeding fake intel, so you never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true, and the Broncos definitely done a good job with that, especially this yeah. year. And um, Dalvin Cook – Definitely would like to see him here, depending on the money and everything. But at this point, the more things, the more uh, this thing drags on, his his salary definitely uh, is expected. Um, Contract could definitely uh, go downwards. And we'll see see where everything goes from there. Right now, it's kind of one of those things where you just got to wait to see how it plays out. You can't really believe, certainly, one side or another. I know Jordan Schultz is saying the Broncos are also a a dark horse team to get Dalvin uh, Cook. So there's just a lot of different reports from analysts and insiders right now. So we'll see how things play out um so yeah that's the latest on Dalvin Cook let's go ahead and J-Mac let's start us off with your two breakout players who do you got starting off as your uh, number one breakout player on your list uh, breakout 2023
1: um well you know the video we did about the offense you know and the stats and everything like that I'm gonna go ahead and go yeah. Greg Dulcich, and the main re- the right re- kind of the main reason I'm going him is because I think the offense gonna is gonna lean a little bit more towards play action and I was looking at you know Jimmy Graham's numbers under Sean Payton and I understand that. Drew Brees was kind of more of a shotgun passer a little bit, but, you know, I would just, Jimmy Graham, his numbers under Sean Payton were incredible. I mean, you look at his, just his second year in the league, he had 99 catches, 1300 yards, 11 touchdowns, average 13 catches average 13 yards per catch as a tight end. Then he went 982, um, 1215 yards or 16 touchdowns. I mean, and then he finally got traded in 2014. But I mean, his numbers during the Sean Payton era were absolutely incredible. And you see Greg Dolchik, I'm I'm not even saying that they're similar in height or everything like that, because Jimmy Graham was like six eight. But Greg Dolchik, I mean, I honestly think he's gonna get probably I said around like you know, maybe sixty to seventy catches. Um, but it could be more. I mean, Sean Payton loves to go to his tight ends, especially when he has one that can stretch the field like Greg Dolchik and I think honestly, man, he can get a lot of catches in between the numbers. I think that Russell Wilson—he's going to be, become one of one of Russ's like favorite targets. As you've seen, as soon as he came in, Russ doing that deep ball against the Chargers. I think he's going to build a great chemistry with Greg Dolchik. And I mean, you look at Russ's career—he really hasn't had a tight end like Greg Dolchik. I mean, he's he's he had Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham was on kind of on the downfall of his career a little bit. But I mean, he hasn't had a tight end. I would say as kind of like skilled like Greg Dolchik. So I think this could be a big year we see out of him. And I think he people are going to start viewing him as one of the better ends in the league right now instead of not really knowing who he is. Uh, for my second guy, I'm going to go Caden Stearns. I think I think a lot of Bronco – I've been seeing a lot of Bronco fans saying, like, he's the he's there, going to be their breakout player of the year, you know, for the team. And I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's – the way he's playing and camping and everything, and me and you called it before we even brought back Kareem Jackson, that me and you thought he was going to be the starter heading into the year. Um I mean, he literally plays just like Justin Simmons, but he can play. He can play down in the box. He's good in coverage um, and he's very young. And I think that's the main thing about it. You know, he's young. He can play in the game longer, um, you know, quicker. I mean, he's quicker than Kareem. But, I mean, I, I honestly think he can start. I mean, it, it's his time. I think, you know, the injuries are are somewhat of a concern. But I think with Lauren, I mean, yeah, with Lauren Landau gone and this new training staff and all these new guys that's going to be here, um, I think I, – I think he might flourish honestly. I think that it is his chance. Um, but yeah, man, I think Caden Stearns might have a big year if he starts. I think he will start. I think it may be a long time for them to kind of to declare a starter for that position. And I still I still think they might do a committee thing instead of saying, yeah. you know, he's a full time starter. Um, sure. but but I feel like on the depth chart, Caden Stearns is gonna be the starter right along Justin Simmons. Um In that spot. And I I see a big year for him. I don't think I don't think he's going to put up in crazy numbers. I'm not saying he's going to put like six interceptions or some crazy numbers like that. But I think you have a great year. And I think he's going to put a a lot of Bronco fans going to be happy with them moving forward.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we've been talking about for years, it's the injuries that it's really holding him back. And even at this point that obviously he missed a lot of time last year, only got to play in a few games, but, um, when he is on the field, he is just playing absolutely excellent. So it's not like the injuries are impacting his play, which is pretty remarkable. And, um, just so, and I, I like that you brought up his speed, the fact that he's just much more quicker with his legs than Cream. And, you know, Cream's obviously older, so we can't really bash yeah. him too much for that. But Caden Stearns, I was looking at a lot of his metrics and everything early on, and he ran a 4-4, he ran a 4-4 at Texas. Texas's pro day, and then a 4-4-1 at the NFL Combine. So he is pretty damn fast. I feel like that's yeah, kind of is. slept on at this point. Like He is a pr- really damn fast safety. Um, former fifth-round pick for the Broncos. Only appeared in five games last season, like I mentioned. I I keep bringing this stat up on the podcast so many times. I'm not going to let it go. He had an 8.1 passer rating allowed in 2022. Absolutely remarkable. And if you guys want to keep saying that that stat should be irrelevant because of the amount of t- playing time he got... He he had 311 snaps in 2021, 275 in 2022. That is only 36 less snaps despite the fact that he played way more games in 2021. In fact, he played 15 games in 2021 and he only appeared in 5 in 2022. That's 10 less games, nearly only ne- nearly matched at his uh, snap total and put up a 8.1 passer rating. Like yeah. I I, I, I mean, feel like people aren't realizing how insane that is.
1: Yeah, and what's also crazy is that when you when you like he also has great ball skills. So we so when you tie in that speed and the ball skills, the sky's really the limit for him. I mean, he's just, I mean, he reminds me so much of Justin Simmons. Is actually it, it's it's scary. Like when he first came to league, yeah. me, you talked about that a long time ago. That I, he reminded me so much of uh, Justin Simmons, and I mean the the fact that he fell to us all the way. It was fourth round, right? Yeah, he was drafted I think in the fourth round, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, he drafted was the in fifth. the fifth. It was the fifth. Wow, that's even crazier. So the fact that he fell those all the way to the fifth round, and he's gonna probably, and he's gonna most likely end up being a starting safety, just shows a lot about his game, man. Shout out to Kaden Stearns.
0: Yeah, exactly. And twenty nine point four percent completion allowed last season. Um, two interceptions, four PBU's, and just those uh, five games. Only started three of them. Um, yeah. The thing, the thing with Caden Stearns, and I've I've been saying this, um, and I, it's gonna be in my uh, article that I released for predominantly orange. There's going to be a big, like you mentioned, a big committee between Caden Stearns and Kareem Jackson. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like everybody, the whole talk of the town, and I've been kind of – I've fallen. I'm guilty of this as well. We've all been talking about who's going to be the starting safety alongside Justin Simmons when really I feel like you're going to see both of those guys yeah. between uh, on the field at the same time. As yeah. long as Christian Parker and Vance Joseph kind of w- want to continue what we what was ran schematically last year, which I don't believe they'll do as well as ever, obviously, but um, in terms of what's being ran schematically, on the field and how they were covering wide receivers. I feel like you're going to see Caden Stearns on the field with Kareem Jackson as well. And, I might be leaning a little bit more towards yeah. maybe Caden Stearns getting more snaps than Kareem Jackson just because he has the fresher legs. He is fresh off that hip surgery. He's 100% ready to go. As long as he uh, stays healthy, knock on wood for the rest of camp and preseason, I think you could see him get a little bit more uh, love from Vance Joseph than uh, Kareem Jackson, especially this late in the career. And judging how how, how cheap that uh, deal from Kareem Jackson was kind of tells maybe how how more how much of a, a factor they want Caden Stearns to be involved into this defense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't really argue, man. I I, I, agree, I agree with every, every single point you just said. Like, it's like you. It's just kind of one of those things you just got to look at it from a bigger picture. I mean, I'm not. I don't think it's gonna be just one solidified starter at that position because it's just so much talent in our secondary. I don't think there's gonna be just oh he's gonna he's a solidified starter at that spot. It's just, it's gonna be a committee thing. You're gonna see multiple guys coming in at safety. Guys like PJ Lock. Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, it's going to be rotations, it's going to be, you know, whatever play is called, whatever guys are best for that play, you're going to see them in the game. But I think in coverage wise and everything like that, I I think Caden Stearns will see more snaps. I think he will. Because I think out of him and Kareem Jackson, I don't want to, I'm not taking nothing away from Kareem. I just think Caden is better in coverage right now than Kareem. And I think that's going to put Caden on the field more. If he and can I stay feel helping, like, man.
0: Yeah, I feel like they were trying to already do that last year. Like even yeah, in were. Kareem, we really thought Kareem Jackson was gonna walk. And you, I just gave you the snap totals: two hundred seventy-five in twenty twenty-two, opposed to the only three hundred eleven in that fifteen games in twenty twenty-one. They were already trying to give him a massive uh, snap and you know improvement and increase. So it's pretty obvious as of now that Christian Parker, the staff, really really likes Caden Stearns, Not only them, but the front office as well. Yeah. They want to see what they can get out of their fifth round pick, and if they if he he can be anywhere close to what Justin Simmons is, easily the steal the steal of the Broncos draft in the last I don't know how many years. Like yeah. he could ter- seriously turn out to be like nearly a top five safety in the league as a fifth round pick. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 actually crazy too. Like when you think about it, that he fell all the way to like the fifth round, and it's just like now he's probably going to end up being a starter for us essentially, and being damn good at it too. Like it's it's crazy when you think about it, man. Like
0: yeah. Caden Stearns, our guy, uh, had him on the podcast. Really, really nice person. Awesome guy, but he understands that, you know, he's, he's got to take it upon himself to show that he is a dog and he can be that guy besides Justin Simmons to, you know, essentially create the no fly zone 2.0. So, um, I'm really excited to see what he can uh, form here, um, with, uh, Vance Joseph moving forward. Um, so you mentioned uh, Greg Greg, I want to talk about him a little bit. Obviously he feels like, besides we'll get to the other player in a minute i'm, su- I'm sure you guys can uh, predict who that will be but besides him greg dulcich really feels like another guy that is really prime for a breakout former third round pick for the broncos he was picked 80th overall which isn't like low by any means honestly that feels like a little higher than i thought greg dulcich got picked looking back at 80 80- 80th overall so there are some expectations here for him um he appeared in 10 games last season started in six of them um had 411 receiving yards I was 24th among tight ends in just those six games started. Uh, He had 584 total air yards. That was 11th among tight ends. So he can be a deep threat. I've been, I was looking to his metrics a lot. Greg Dulcich is an underrated deep threat in my opinion. I feel like he can be that guy downfield for Russell Wilson um, that, you know, he's seen in recent uh, years with uh, maybe Greg Olson or all those other tight ends that he had. um, Jimmy Graham to be those deep threats for him uh, when he needs them to be. Uh, Greg Dulcich 10.6 yard average target distance that was third among tight ends so like i said he's just like one of those guys that can not only get beyond the first down markers but be that deep threat downfield for you and that's where russell wilson excels so he also had 12 deep targets last year also third in the uh, in the NFL among tight ends, seventy point nine percent catchable target rate. That was thirty third among tight ends. So the big thing with Greg Dulcich this year, he's going to need better quarterback play and better just play calling. Which obviously we're going to expect from Sean Payton easily, but Russell Wilson is going to need to improve a lot if Greg Dulcich is going to have a breakout season. Um, he had two red zone targets last year. That was 61st among tight ends. So um, Greg Dulcich, I would like to see him be more involved as a red zone target and in the, in the red zone potentially get some touchdowns there. I know me and uh, Jordan predicted that he's not going to get a lot of, uh, you know, red zone touchdowns since the upcoming season. But if they can get him more involved in that department, just like he was at US- UCLA, I feel like he can be a really, uh, a really good option for the Broncos. The Broncos struggled a lot last year. Um, and I, I don't know if you picked up on this, but... Did you notice how like those first four weeks, for four or five weeks, and Greg Dulcich is out with the hamstring injury, that Greg he, he was out, and the Broncos are struggling extremely big time with those in the red zone, just in general. Yeah, I remember. And yeah, as soon like, as he comes in, they they kind of pick things up. It feels like.
1: Yeah, I mean, because having a tight end, it just kind of makes it, you know, breaks it wide open. But when you don't have mm-hmm. a tight end, that can get open and be you know just as good as greg Dolchik's out there it's kind of one dimension you're going to either throw a fade like broncos are either going to throw a fade or running the ball and when we did spread it out russ couldn't make the read like you saw it against the colts yeah. um but yeah i mean i i don't he won't have that many red zone touchdowns i have him at, i think I had, I had him at six touchdowns for the year i don't think a lot of them are going to come in a red zone i think the broncos are going to be running the ball a lot more in the red zone doing short yardage, maybe to the receivers. But I think Greg Dolce is going to be a lot of like, I want to say nickel and diamond up the field. Kind of, I want to say kind of a little bit of what we saw with Peyton Manning a little bit. Remember how his offense was short yardage, short yardage, short yarders, like little here, little there, little here, little there. And then the occasional every once, like every two, three drives, 30, 40 yard gain. I think um, that's kind of what the offense is going to be like, just a little bit, but in a play action type of style, like. You may you may see a little bit of Shanahan thrown in there, kinda of like with the 49ers run. But I think I don't think Greg Dolchik is gonna be like, I'm not saying he's gonna be seeing anything crazy like that, but I see him getting a lot of those, like you know, short yardage, catches, run after the catch, and occasionally that that one play a game where he's gonna go for 30 or something crazy you know, play like that. But, yeah, I I think it's Greg Dolce's year on the offense. I know everybody's talking about Javante. I think Javante's going to get his. You know, a lot of people are saying Judy. I think Judy's going to get his. But I think the surprise that no one's going to, you know, be on the lookout for is Greg Dolce.
0: I I would actually like to see the opposite of that. I would like to see him be more of the intermediate deep – type of uh, receiving threat for the Broncos mm. you just look at the numbers he just was not getting the opportunity downfield and when he was he was giving getting a lot of separation making the plays the Broncos needed but ultimately he wasn't always getting the looks that he deserved the, the, the big thing with Greg Dulcich this upcoming season is is Sean Payton going to use him to his best abilities and skill sets is he going to get the opportunity he deserves and I, I believe the answer to both of those questions is yes and he's going to ball out and have a huge season um, so we're really with Greg Dulcich it's just opportunity it's not any. Question yep. around his skill set whatsoever. So, I want to go ahead and jump in uh here with my two uh, breakout players. Um, let's go ahead and start off with the ascension of Jerry Judy. We talked in our uh, episode, make sure you guys go check that out, where we predicted all the Broncos offensive player stats for the 2023 season, kind of our early predictions there. We'll come back after the season and see how we did there. But the ascension of Jerry Judy. I see him having over 1,200 yards this upcoming season. You you just take a look at the metrics. Um, Obviously, he was the first-round pick, 15th overall. He had he averaged 6.7 targets per game in the NFL uh, last year. That was 32nd among wide receivers. Um, he had 25.4% of air yard share percentage. That was percentage of the total team target distance. That was 42nd in the NFL. He had 71.3% snap share. That was 61st in the NFL. Another case of a wide receiver, just needing opportunity, needing to be that top dog for the, the Broncos being that wide receiver one last year with Nathaniel Hackett and everybody, um, uh, Kubiak they were just trying to figure out who's going to be the guy to really take on the identity of that wide receiver uh, one role with the Broncos and they never could really figure that out until the final six weeks weeks of the season where Jerry Judy's is absolutely balled out was putting up really really good numbers. Um, he had 972 receiving yards last year in total. That was 22nd among wide receivers. He also had 378 yards after catch. That was 16th, despite missing two games and even uh being injured in a, a few more of those games where he, he left uh, early. So he is he's really good after the catch obviously we can talk for hours about how damn good his route running is jerry judy just another case of can he still help stay healthy and really get the opportunity to be the guy to get a lot of those targets and a lot of that love because when you put all the numbers together and if you increase that snap count he is going to produce well over a thousand yards See, it's just a matter of opportunity for jerry judy
1: yeah I- I can't really disagree with anything you just said. I mean, you you can throw out his numbers. Last year he had 67 uh, catches, 972 yards, six touchdowns. And I think that's just that's just kind of the start of Jerry Judy, honestly. I think with this offense, he's going to be the wide receiver one, and the offense is going to be different. And I think it, it caters – the offense is going to cater a little bit more to the number one wide receiver. And I think Sean Payton, just like you said a few days ago, Jerry Judy, he's explosive. And he's gonna put him in those situations where he can make plays, kind of like we see with Marcus. Um, I said Marcus. Yeah. Well, Marquez Colston, Michael Thomas, all the receivers that he's had over the years. And I think Jerry Judy and Michael. I, I think Michael Thomas was the best one, but I think Jerry Judy is really is right up there with Michael Thomas in terms of skill. And I think Sean Payton sees it. I think, I think he's gonna be like you said in a, a great year for Jerry Judy. I think people are gonna start putting him in that top ten conversation, maybe a little bit higher. I think it's just it was only a matter of time before we seen the Jerry Judy breakout. And I think for, this is the year for it. got the quarterback. We got the perfect coach in. And I think honestly, man, it's hey, the sky's the limit for Jerry Judy. That's all I got to say. I, I think he's going to go out there. He's going to eat this season. He's going to get consistent, consistent targets. And I, I think that's the, that's the biggest point with this offense. You see in the past, you kind of saw a different thing every single week in terms of like targets and wide receivers share. And I think this year it's going to be a little bit more consistent. You're going to see Jerry Judy consistently get, the same number of targets he's going to get per game. I mean, you may see a game where they drop off a little bit, but I think it's going to be more consistency in his targets and his catches. And I think he's just going to eat, man. I think he's going to finally eclipse that 1,000-yard mark, and people can stop hating on him for that. And I think it's going to be – this year's going to be huge for Jerry Jimmy, man.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't get – a lot of the fans that are hating on him for the drop issue, which is not an issue anymore, I still don't understand why that's being brought up. A lot of people are still calling him soft. A lot of people are, like you mentioned, saying he can't reach that 1,000-yard mark being a 15th overall pick. Like I feel like people don't understand situation in the NFL plays a big, big factor, honestly, more than any other sport you can make the argument. Like yeah. this – it, it requires all 11 players on the field to do their job. If the O line isn't holding up, if the quarterback isn't doing the job, e- hell, not even just 11 players. If the offensive play caller, Pat Shermer, just a few years ago, then uh, Nathaniel Hackett last year, we don't know what, what was going on. Click Kubiak. I mean, and then this year, Sean Payton, we are highly expecting him to uh, get the most out of Jerry Judy, just like he admits in the media. I 1000% uh, you know, very excited about what Sean Payton is saying about Jerry Judy. I believe what he's saying. I believe that he has the potential to make Jerry Judy this 1,200-plus, maybe even higher than that yard receiver. So I'm really excited to see what Jerry Judy can do uh, this year. It's just all going to come down a matter of can Jerry Judy stay healthy. If he can, uh, Sean Payton is going to do wonders with him. I'm finally excited to see what we can get out of Jerry Judy being that 15th overall pick.
1: Yeah, and one thing I want to throw out there, you remember when Jamar Chase first came into the league in the preseason, he like didn't catch a pass or something yeah. and he was dropping all of his balls and people were like, Oh man, Jamar Chase is I don't think he's gonna be good, man. He can't catch the ball. And what did he do coming to regular season? turned into one of the best wide receivers in the league, top five wide receiver. And, I mean, it's just – I'm not really too much worried about the drops. A lot of that – I mean, it, there were some bad drops, but a lot of that had to do with – I mean, your quarterback's Drew Lock. first off. You don't even know if the ball is going to be in the right place or not. And, I mean, when you're not getting the ball a consistent amount of times. or You're just going series without even getting a target. And then they're just going to – you know what I'm saying? You're just getting target in a row. It, it can mess with your head a little bit, and that was kind of a result of those drops. But, I mean, when Jerry Zudy was getting the ball consistently towards the end of last year, we didn't see, we, we didn't see a drop problem. There was no none of that. It was just straight dominant performances by Jerry Duty. Just give me the ball and get out the way kind of thing, especially in that game against the Chiefs. But I think, you know, it's, it's you're gonna see a lot of that this year. A lot of that, just give me the ball and get out the way. Like it's gonna be a lot of that this year. And I'm I'm very excited for it
0: yeah he, he's really good after the catch as well i wouldn't be surprised to see him like them if they if they're in kind of a trouble situation and they need to pick up a first down or whatever they can give you some kind of dump offs or slants or whatever whatever it is in the short intermediate game with jerry judy see what he can do after the catch see what we can get out of him um with that so i feel like uh jerry judy is going to bring a combination of like everything deep routes intermediate routes little screens like you're going to see everything from jerry judy this year i i went out i i'll keep saying champagne i completely believe that he is going to to make Jerry Judy this team's wide receiver one they're going to make him the main focal point they may give uh sprinkles um some Cortland Sutton in with that Michael Thomas type role but I I I truly believe that they're going to be making Jerry Judy um their first option not always on just first down that's not necessarily what I mean but more so making him kind of like that first read if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah no I mean I can't argue with that. I think it's it's time and he's proven that he's the better wide receiver over Cortland Sutton and I think it's we're gonna see a lot of that this year, but I mean, I think Jerry Gooch is gonna be perfect, just like you said. Kind of the short yard is gonna see him screens. I mean, the 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 step this offense needs to take is to learn how to easily get first downs. We we still have to cross that bridge of like just p- consistently being able to pick up first down after first down, not waiting all, not always waiting the third down, and kind of just you know being predictable. I think it's Sean Payton's gonna to have to. Okay, let's on second down, let's get this first down right here. Let's get the third and short. Or first down, let's just keep picking up first downs instead of always waiting a third down and having a, you know what I'm saying, just be a predictable offense. It's going to be very unpredictable this year. I'm hoping, man, because over the last few years, man, it's just so predictable, like – yeah I
0: was I was I was was watching Jerry Judy's podcast on uh, I am athlete Brandon Marshall very good podcast um you guys should check that out he was talking about and they were asking him a lot about Sean Payton and how he feels about him and practice and his playbook and everything and they started getting around to like the schematic part of it and he was saying this is the most complex like playbook he's ever had to learn like he was talking about how everything is very very detailed um just the whole playbook from top to bottom very complex in terms of the routes he's gonna have he was talking a lot about how he's getting a more like even more advanced and just complex routes this upcoming season not just compared to what he was doing last year even towards the end so i'm really excited to see what they do with jerry judy this year he's also talking about how he's getting a lot more double moves This upcoming year, uh, and I peeped that in the podcast. Ooh, that is going to be scary, man! You see a lot of these uh, these uh, comps with uh, Jerry Judy and these routes. He cooks people. You saw that one against the Panthers, cooking people with those double moves. So he is going to live. He's going to feast off these DBs this um, upcoming year. Just here here on this podcast. In advance, I sincerely apologize to every DB that is on that schedule of matching up against Jerry Judy. I'm praying for you and your family. Okay, so uh, we'll, we can uh, move on from uh, Jerry Judy. Um, my final, uh, my final breakout player for the 2023 season, uh, we have Quinn Miners. I have the, uh, the guard Quinn Miners out of Wisconsin Whitewater, the former third round pick a few years ago. Um, I have him breaking out the season, man. You look at the pieces that they put around him. Mike McGlinchey, one of the better run blockers in the league. Then you have Ben Powers. Obviously, I know he's on the opposite side, but he's going to be learning a lot from Ben Powers and the talent that he is. And I'm sure they'll grow together, especially since Ben Powers is not always had to have uh, gotten the snap share that he, he's wanted. Um, but, I, I see him breaking out with the run blockers we created. Uh, Quinn Miners is a better run blocker than the pass blocker. And when you put a lot of guys that have the game skill sets and uh, skill levels that he has, he's only going to go up from here. Um, Quinn Miners last se- season only appeared in 13 games. I, I'm really excited to see what he can do in a full 17. Uh, he only played in two hundred seventy two or excuse me 752 snaps had two penalties all those snaps is very very good also another thing that's gone under the radar and a lot of people obviously don't like the the pff grades and everything but he was the fifth highest grade but fifth highest graded offensive guard last season by pff in the entire nfl with a 77.0 so he is like I feel like that's really gone under the radar. Like obviously PFF and I'm not a huge fan of PFF by any means, but to even be that high is pretty damn good considering all the, the circumstances with constant OL injuries last year. Obviously I'll keep saying a very, very bad um, offensive line coach last year that went to the Miami dolphins. um, Just constant circumstances last year that did not put Quinn Miners at advantage, and he's still balled out, and he's only going to get better from here on out. I mean, even last year, there were still some sputters with him, so hes I feel like he's very prime for a breakout with all the pieces that we put. Um, Zach Streif is going to do, I feel like, not only make him better but make him into a, maybe even a, a Pro Bowl or All-Pro. You never really know. I mean, he's already being uh, claimed as one of the best guards in the league uh, according to PFF. Um, last year only allowed 16 pressures and three sacks. Zero of those sacks were allowed in the final six games. I feel like that stat is very important because that's giving him a lot of momentum coming into this season to be able to put out his best football on that football field here in the mile high. What do you see for Quinn Miners and how he could potentially break out in twenty
1: twenty three. Yeah, one thing I'm gonna say is that like offensive lineman, it's kind of hard for them to get their own recognition when as a when your whole line is you know when your line is bad as a whole. I think that this year though you're gonna see a little bit of a jump in his game. He, obviously, McGlinchey's gonna be next to him. They got Ben Powers. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what, to see what uh, Denver does at center, but that's another the top you know topic for later. Yeah. But I think Miners. Um, he's it's kind of like. I don't want to say that he's going to like he's going to take a humongous step I don't think he's going to be all pro just yet just cuz I don't think he's going to be you know like I don't think he's gonna get that type of recognition yet. I don't think nobody's gonna see him as, you know, being an all-pro. They're gonna cause I think our line's gonna take a really big jump this year. And I think they're gonna say, well, that's because they added powers and they added McGlinchey and yada. Ya. But I think I but I think you're gonna see a big step in his game. I think a lot of people kind of hate on his pass blocking a little bit. And I don't I don't have a problem with it, but I think people say that's a weak strength in his game. I think you're gonna see an improvement in that aspect of it. I think he's gonna still be dominant in the run blocking. But I, I think it's gonna be an improvement of what we saw last year. Um yeah, Zach Street's Zach Street's gonna have him really trying to get better at everything. He's still young, still on his rookie deal, and I think this year, like this year, seeing what he's gonna do alongside those big beasts that we picked up, he might he might work himself into a contract. So you never really know. But yeah, Quinn Miners.
0: Big boy, three hundred twenty pounds. You see what Sean Payton does with those guards. I that's just the biggest thing with me. Like Sean Payton always has his his offensive line for some reason. Always, and especially in the interior, they're always like in that, and even in the tackles as well, they're always in that, like that Pro Bowl. You see like multiple years ago, and you know maybe it's a stark comparison. To, you know, put Quinn Miners in that uh, category, but I just look at the offensive lines that Sean Payton has always formed in the pre- previous years with New Orleans, always having those guards, tackles at their best. I really, and Quinn Miners, especially being that athlete that he is, and you see what Champagne does with those guards, always pulling them, getting them out in open space. Like, Quinn Miners loves to do that. That's, like, his favorite thing to do, you yeah. know, pancaking people. And you saw what Javon said Williams uh, two years ago. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. He's just an all-around great athlete, a mauler, and like you said, his pass blocking is only going to get better for Russell Wilson. So I see a huge breakout year for Quinn Miners this year. I think you could potentially see him nearly going into the Pro Bowl this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, and, and again, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just like – the it's gonna be so hard for him to get his recognition. Though it's gonna be hard for people to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're think, winning,
0: if we're yeah. winning, I think he's 100 going to get his recognition.
1: I hope so, man. Because now nah, I, I agree with you, man. Quinn Miners, like I remember when we drafted him, and people didn't really know who he was out of Whitewater, like. Ooh. What is that and everything like that? I mean, he came on pretty quickly. I mean, he's been a beast, especially in the run blocking, man. Like like you said, getting in the open space when he runs that open field, I literally I, I pray for DBs and linebackers who have to try to go up against him and to, you know, to get to the guy with the ball. I, I honestly pray for him because he's just, I mean, he's going to maul you. I mean, this dude knocked over a tree. Like, you don't see that often at all. Like, a grown, like, I don't care if you're a grown man or not, but a man in general just breaking a tree. Like, that's not normal.
0: And you saw what he was doing to the Cowboys, um, in 2021.
1: Yeah, yeah. he was just running exactly, people over. That's exactly what I have in mind when I think of him in the open field. What he was doing to people, like, it's actually scary. But I mean, I'm not surprised he chose him. Though. I mean, he's gonna be a beast and Powers, McGlinchy, Garrett Bowles, still there. I mean, you're gonna see a jump. You're definitely gonna see a jump in this game.
0: Yeah, him and Javante. The fact that they have like the same mindset to just run people over, run right through you, violence. <laughs> it's funny, man. Like, it's, it's insane. It's
1: scary. Like yeah. you have Javante and you got Quinn Miners. I mean, he and plus he's huge, man. Like imagine just seeing him running like full speed at you. Like, like I wouldn't even know what to do in that situation. I kind of would just just own up that yeah, I'm, I'm not making this tackle, man. It's just like, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely aggressive mindset. Uh We need to get Quinn Miners back on the podcast. I I'm definitely gonna work to see if we can get that done. <laughs> um, he man, he is just a character. I really I really like everything about him. Um. So our honorable mentions, we mentioned uh, Javante Williams and his kind of similar mindset to Quinn Miners. I have him on my honorable mentions list simply because – Here's the thing. I really want to put Javante on here, but I just see Quinn Miners and Jerry Judy as more of a breakout. And I feel like the four players that we chose, nobody can really disagree with that, in my opinion. I feel like we really chose the four best players. Nobody's going to really atop that. Um, Quinn Miners, or excuse me, Javante Williams and Baron Browning have them as my honorable mentions. And it's simply because they're injuries. Baron Browning, we just got the news that he's getting surgery on his knee um, to uh, repair a t- uh, partially torn meniscus. So um, he is going to be getting that fixed. Um, According to Mike Cliss, he is kind of he's, he's going to be probable or not even probable. He might be questionable for week one's uh, injury report. So uh, apparently, it's going to take a, quite a bit longer for uh, for Baron Browning to recover from his injury. Um, he might be. I'm assuming he's going to be limited throughout training camp. He's probably not going to get that much preseason action, and then he'll be questionable for week, week one as it looks right now. Maybe he qu- recovers faster, but um, kind of unfortunate to do this news there for Baron Browning. We were talking a lot about this offseason that. Baron Browning and Brandon Gregory, we really, really need to say them, see them be healthy. And it just simply uh, has not turned out to be like that so far. So hopefully Gregory stays healthy. Obviously, we got Frank Clark. And a lot of people are saying that Frank Clark is going to be that uh, defensive end opposite of Zach Allen. We'll see how Vance Joseph goes about that. I'm assume, assuming that Frank Clark is going to be in like how that Draymond Jones role last year where you see him slide to the edge and you also see him slide to the interior. That's my prediction for Frank, uh, Frank Clark. Um, so we'll see how they go about that. But yeah, those are my honorable mentions. It's really going to come down to injuries. And like I mentioned in our offensive player stat prediction episode, Javante, I think he's going to break out very soon, but I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's going to be the next year where he's fully healthy. And I feel like a uh, thousand yards, my prediction that's, that's just, that's kind of like his floor. I feel like he's going to jump to like two twelve hundred mm-hmm. 1200 yards where he, that's going to be really his, his considered breakout.
1: Yeah. I would say for me, um, And, like, I remember last year when I was doing my breakout players and I was putting rookies in people. Like, you can't put rookies in having a breakout. But I honestly think you can. um, I'm going to go Drew Sanders, man. He was honestly probably my favorite pick in this entire draft. Like, when you look at our – I mean, our linebacker room is already, like, loaded. But I think an aspect people always forget, this dude can play edge. He can kind of do both and he was projected to be – he was projected – he was supposed to go in the first round. Like, that's exactly what he was. People had him kind of going later in the first round. But the fact that we got him and where we did, I think Drew Sanders, man, he's just – a, he's an all-around beast. I think it, it, it's going to suck, but he might end up taking Josie Jewel's spot eventually. But, I mean, I'm, I'm really all here for it. Drew Sanders, man, just – I can't really say too much about him because we haven't seen him play in the league yet. But I think that this year, though, with the playing time – If he does get a lot of playing time, I think you will see a lot from him. I think we can blind him up at edge in linebacker. I'm really interested to see which one he's going to do better at in the NFL. But whichever one, I feel like I'm really comfortable with us drafting him. Um, If I had to put anybody else, man, I would have said Baron Browning. But at this point, man, I just don't know. It's like one thing after another with Baron Browning. It's just like I just honestly wish he could stay healthy. I mean, it sucks to hear this about this knee surgery. It's just like. Man, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like me and you kind of thought that we we the main thing we said they gotta stay healthy. And like we yeah. signed Frank Clark, and my first thing is oh it's for debt purposes, he's gonna be like a rotational guy. And now they're saying he's gonna end up being having to be a starter, which I'm fine with, by the way. But it's just like, man, if Baron Brownie can just stay healthy, man, the sky's the limit for him. But I think right now that's really all I have as far as breakout. If I had to probably say anybody else, I'd say Damari Mathis. Um I it's like gonna that. be it's yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what he does at cornerback too, though. I mean one thing about him, though, man, he he's a gamer. I mean, he he sticks with it despite doesn't matter if he's having a bad game or a good game. He's gonna still play hard. He's gonna still, you know, make plays on the field. In the charters game, he got those. Didn't he get four pass interference?s Or was it two or something? Yeah, like that? four. Yeah, four. I
0: think and a four. lot, a lot,
1: a lot of them are questionable. Man, I'm gonna just be honest. When your team is not really that good, and you, and one of your DBs gets that, they hold their head down and they just give up and they quit. Shout out to DeMario Mathis, man. He stuck through it. He fought and. Izquiero Evero kind of played a part in that too, but just a lot of guys, man. That's four passing appearances. I mean, that can dictate the game, and I and just the defense kind of helped, you know, held it together. He did too, and we still almost won that ball game. But I mean, I I really like DeMario Mathis. He's a gamer. I liked him when we drafted him. I mean, you can honestly you, you can see a huge jump in his game, especially playing alongside Patrick Sertan, Kawan Williams, Riley Moss is going to be in there in a little bit. Of course, Justin Simmons, all those guys in the secondary room. He still could take a jump.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. I really like that Damari Mathis big actually. He Demari Mathis to the moon if like everything works out for the secondary and Vance Joseph get things gets things on the path right away. And I still I'm sticking with my prediction from earlier this offseason. I feel like the defense is still gonna be on on the same page with Van Joseph. I don't think they'll be as successful, but I feel like they're still gonna be very, very good, especially the secondary. The pass sure. rush is like one of those things with losing Baron Browning. I'm kinda uh, so I'm, I'm kind of a little bit questionable on it. We'll see like Matt Henningsen, if they slide Frank Clark over to edge and kind of, I'm still thinking they'll, they'll keep him in the Draymond Jones role, but Matt Henningson is one player that needs to step up like big time him, Ayuma Yuma um, DJ yeah. Jones also like DJ Jones had a solid year, but I would still like him to, to see him do a little bit more with the Broncos. Um, we'll see, we'll see what those, uh, with the, what they're, what those three guys and where they go. But those three players, I'm really expecting big years um, in the interior defensive line.
1: Yeah, it was kind of weird because Casey tried to move him. Like, I think Frank Clark needs to be at edge. I mean, I'm not against putting him, like, towards the interior, but I think that's what the Chiefs tried to do. And it just – I mean, they did it because they had Chris Jones, but it just didn't really work. I think him on the edge honestly works better. I think now you're going to see – I think you can – I mean, his numbers weren't great. Don't get it wrong. Like, I'm not saying that he was just – an outstanding player in the regular season. He's more of a playoff performer. I get all that. But people forget, man, he didn't – the Chiefs team didn't really have a lot of sacks in general. That's because their secondary is not that good, and they're giving up. I mean, teams are just getting the ball really quick cool, – you know, getting the ball out really quick on them. You know, yeah. they're picking them apart here and there. This side – you can go to really east side of the field with Kansas City. In Denver, that's going to be different. Denver's going to – he's going to have time to get to the quarterback and make plays. You might see a jump in his sacks if he, you know, is like the full-time starter for us. And I'll say, like – I mean, it's, it's a different defense, man, and he knows it. That's kind of probably the reason why he signed here. I mean, you got to realize Patrick's – the Chiefs don't have a Sertan. They don't have a Justin Simmons. They don't have all of the DBs that we have. So it's going to be it's gonna be way more opportunities for him to get sacks, way more. No no more of that um, one, two, three balls out because Denver, Denver can hold up back there. He's going to have time to take advantage of the tackles and get a rhythm going. That's the thing about edge rushers, man. You need a rhythm going, and I think if Frank Clark can get that, man, you can be something serious.
0: Love it. Love it. Um, so that is going to be it for today's episode. That is all of our breakout players to uh, each from uh, me and Jay Mac. And then our honorable mentions. Uh, those are four, four really good honorable mentions. I could definitely see uh, Drew Sanders, Damari Mathis sneaking in there. Um, but yeah, that is it for today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, I really hope everybody um, enjoyed it and learn a few, uh, learned a thing or two from uh, this episode and which players can potentially break out for the Broncos. If you guys are listening on Spotify podcast over there, we appreciate you guys as well. And uh, wherever you guys listen, I honestly don't, I really do not care. where you guys listen. If you just like take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. And especially if you listen all the way to the end, like I really, really, really do appreciate that. Like that stuff really does mean a lot from the bottom of my heart. So I really do appreciate you guys so much for that. Uh, well, let's keep growing. Let's keep uh, pushing for a thousand subs on YouTube. And then uh, obviously if you're over there on Spotify podcast, make sure you guys follow and leave a five-star rating. Um, that stuff really, really helps us out a lot. So make sure you guys really quick, just two two sets, Two seconds, whichever platform you guys are listening on, follow, subscribe, like, turning notifications on is a big thing as well, so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Uh, but yeah, that is it for today's show. I'm your host Amir and my co- great co-host J Mac. Till the next one, peace,
1: peace.